Today's episode of the Open Pantry Podcast is brought to you by me, Sean from Open Pantry Consulting. Make sure if you're opening a restaurant or starting to scale your restaurant that you come and check out what I'm doing at openpantryconsulting.com. Everything around operations analysis, recruitment, or data analytics. Everything to get your restaurant, cafe, or bakery on the better side of this crisis. Let's keep going with the show. Welcome to another podcast, but before we get into it, I really want to talk to you about Restoke, which is a revolutionary back-of-house automation platform, which is purpose-built for hospitality and developed with one core belief in mind, that is that time is a business owner's most valuable asset and it should be reclaimed using tech and data. And you know how much we've been talking about that over the last few months since the crisis of COVID. Tech and data is so important for hospitality owners moving forward. The Restoke team have set out to make sure that your restaurant runs smoother with better operations and an easy-to-use setup and platform that's beneficial for both single-site and multi-location organizations. At the end of the podcast, tune in for a second little bit of this episode and we'll talk about how you can get Restoke in your venue with a special subscription offer. But for now, let's get into the program. Welcome to another Open Pantry podcast. So good to have you on board. Our next guest, Chris Kalalpi, is the Managing Director of Ethical Collective, which is a collective of software developers, marketers, and digital strategists that want to develop technological solutions to support the socially responsible organizations in Australia. I brought Chris on to talk about a couple of these developments that they've been working on since COVID, onlinecookingclasses.com.au and Stay Fit Corporate. So it's really great to start, uh, to have a conversation at the start of Chris's and his team's journey. So Chris, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you, Sean. Doing very well today, actually. That is good. It is It is happy. It is Friday as we were recording and it is um, It is sunny outside where I am. So it's all, it's all good. Um, now, as I said at the start, there, like you, you guys are at the start of this journey with the with uh, Ethical Collective and, and what you guys are doing with online cooking classes and stay fit corporate. Do you want to talk about you know how you started out in your career and sort of how you got to the point where you are now? Yeah, for sure. It's a pretty interesting journey. I sort of took the long way around to work out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunate enough at a very young age to be selected to play senior sports for for the Australian squad in indoor hockey. Wow. So, you know, every four months as a 15-year-old through to 16, 18, 19, 20, I got to travel overseas and live the high life and travel around with 30 of my best mates. And, God. you know, grow up with a bit of a warped perception of how things should be. Were you from a family um, of, like, people from doing indoor hockey or was that just, just you no, coming out the gate? So I we moved to Sweden, so I'm half Swedish. And right. We, we spent, my, I did my primary school over there and over there you've obviously got you know ice hockey in winter and indoor hockey in summer and just playing that non-stop and 
um, being surrounded by you know some pretty good players over there and by the time I came to Australia it's not necessarily the most popular sport so it's pretty mm. easy to be good mm-hmm. um, you know coming from over there so you know I got to be selected with the senior men's squad mm-hmm. which was pretty fun mm-hmm. so I did that and um, working in a chicken shop actually you know all those late nights to sort of self-funded as well so I'd be training all morning you know sprinting at lunchtime and then sprinting to the chicken shop at the end of the day to earn a few bucks to better you know get mm. the gear and, and head on overseas so 100%. i did that until i was 21 you know and sort of skipped the whole uni ordeal you know i'm going to be a sports star you know yeah. athlete that scenario and yeah realize i picked a sport that doesn't necessarily you know pay the bills so at 21 i sort of decided to hang up the boots had a few injuries and yeah see what what the next um chapter of life would be and i fell into sales because it really reminded me of that sports and team environment mm. you know and i hadn't really looked at what else to do there's you know there's a lot of professional development in sales and working with some pretty good companies and good brands was part yep. of the launch of hello fresh you know yep. shopping centers handing parcels to people asking people if they knew what they were and yeah really sort of getting a knack for that space but then i've continued my career i guess with within software sales but i never really worked out what my passion was and mm-hmm. I guess, you know, three years ago, it's pretty, pretty heavy, but I lost a really close friend to, to depression. I'm sorry, mate. And I went through a bit of an existential crisis. You know, what's this mm. all about? You know, why just go to work and earn money? You know, yeah. what's the point in it all? You know, why do I need the money more than the person on the other end? Is yeah. my product I'm delivering doing what it's, what I'm selling it to be? So sure. I sort of went on a bit of a journey up to Byron Bay for seven months. Very fortunate to, to have that opportunity up there. And while I was up there, I sort of really reconnected with the land um and understood that you know we're part of something bigger you know, mm-hmm. mother nature and you know it's not going to be around forever if we keep on going the way we are and mm. i sort of that's where the ethical collective really sort of started sinking in you know going you know what you, you do enjoy sales you love talking to people you love doing the right thing so mm. let's see what we can do here and you do know a few people so essentially we're a bunch of partners now mm-hmm. um, that have been developing products you know do a lot of marketing strategy help people build mvp products sort of on wix just to get a yep. concept before yep. you know you go and invest in in the technology that might be 50 to 100 yeah um yeah only a year old man but you know since since i started the journey and i guess you know set set my values down and you know understood what it was i wanted to do i've been surrounded by some amazing people yeah you know it's it's a frictionless society or environment you know the area of, of doing good for the world mm-hmm. and you know putting people first and you know, I'd, yeah, a year later, I can't believe where we're at, you know, coming into COVID and then banding together and just getting the crew, crew in the room and saying, hey, guys, you know, there's a lot of people out there struggling right now. What is it we can do right now mm. to help people who are struggling? Yeah. And, you- and that's, yeah, how the state of corporate journey started roughly six months ago. Do you... um? Do you think, you know, that awful time you had to go through because of your mate and... and um that tragic loss do you think having that new perspective and thinking what the hell am i doing now like do you reckon that's obviously helped you 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 know reframe your life properly and then in turn like build up a even stronger network of people who you know wanted to work with you and wanted to you know be on the same mission that you decided you wanted to be on now yeah absolutely it's a great Mm. question um always think back to it um life was pretty cruisy before that sure you know it could yeah. just cruise through go out on the weekends have a good time but never mm-hmm. never really felt like i had much depth to, to what i was doing yeah and sure there was a big gap in my life in the sports and that and then 
that was a bit of a slap in the face that you know someone so close to me was so unhappy mm. and i was off in fairyland you know enjoying going out on the weekends and just living this pretty superficial life yes um so yeah when when that happened going downhill a little bit with just more parties more going out and really distracting myself from the true pain that was going on so having yep. to go and discover that yep. it's like peeling back an onion you know each layer comes through and you, the well-being journey itself everyone says it you know goes downhill but then uphill really quickly after that so yeah yeah, spot on then yeah i can totally relate to that i think after sort of the car accident i had in in 2007 i I keep forgetting what year it was now because it feels like an eternity ago but 2007 where i was basically incapacitated and i couldn't i couldn't uh couldn't move properly and i couldn't work and i remember going back to like heavy drinking like for a period of time because i couldn't think about what the hell I needed to do like I think I think a lot of people in those sort of pivotal moments of like you know am I going to choose x or am I going to choose y like often go you know to you know some challenging times before they actually make that decision so I think that's pretty it's pretty normal but it's um you know when I talked with you a couple of weeks ago like it was very obvious to me like you were you were doing amazing things for the right reason you know not just mm. not just um grandstanding so it's um it's really good to have this conversation with you Chris no, I appreciate it, man. And mm. with with that car accident, how how long were you actually? Ca- how long was your recovery for for that? Uh, my recovery was about seven or eight months. So I was in hospital for three weeks, and um and then yeah, seven or eight months. So I had it. So people who sort of listened to the podcast and heard a couple story a couple of times. I do apologise, but like <laughs> um yeah, so seven or eight months, and then um, went back into the bakeries which I owned at that point, but I couldn't move my hands properly and, and couldn't bake properly. So it was, it was really hard because I went from owning a couple of bakeries and being in them so much and working in them and being a qualified baker to like nothing overnight and um, and really, really challenged. So it that that was a pivotal moment for me as there's been probably two or three more that have really made me focus on what was important and how do I treat people and how how do I lead and what, you know, what, what was critical for me, success moving forward, you know. But I had to almost hit rock bottom twice before I, you know, got that epiphany, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah so it's quite interesting. Mm. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. Hopefully we don't have to hit rock bottom any more times. <laughs> I think everyone's had a hard time during COVID. So I want to um, I want to understand, like, what what drove you guys to start, you know, things like online online cooking classes and um, and what have you seen sort of happen in the hospitality industry, you know, during this time of COVID? Cool. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, to answer the, the second question first, you know, it's it's been horrible to watch, you know, sh- plenty of people I'm still on this podcast in that industry and just to have that mm. slice off at the knees, you know, literally not knowing when, how or where yes. the next dollar is going to come from. Mm. Um, just It's just yeah, it's pretty ruthless how it's all turned out and an industry you never thought would actually go on because people always need to eat. Right? Yes. And, and, you know, watching that unfold is just like, it's pretty horrible, horrible mm. to watch. But it's amazing now I've come back up to Melbourne. I've been away and just seeing people vibing out on the streets and the venues opening up. It's just such a beautiful thing to see that so yeah. many still survive through that. 100%. Um, the online cooking classes, so obviously we've got the wellbeing business, they mm-hmm. corporate. Yep. And we run quite a few clinical um, virtual um, consultations through that. So you mm-hmm. know, we do virtual desk audits to make sure that people obviously sitting right around the desk, you know, aren't actually going to go through to, you know, get any muscular uh, disorders or things like that. Yeah. Secondary long-term issues around 
you know, the pandemic. Mm. Um, and we do nutrition consultations, movement stretching, and they're quite, it was very, very clinical. And what we found with a few of our corporate clients was people didn't want to log on and be told, you know, hey, this is what you've got to do to feel good. You know, people just feel shit. You know, you're locked yeah. inside. You know, every time the computer pings off, it's to talk about KPIs or management or yeah. well-being. So we wanted to sort of jazz it up a bit and offer a bit of sort of faith. So we're doing a bit of art now, a bit of painting classes, cork and canvas. Um, and we realize that cooking is obviously something is the left and the right side of the brain. It's yep. fun, it's engaging, it brings people together. Um, so we sort of went out to, to see if someone could just fill that for us as a third party um, and white label it. But we realized it was no one that was really doing the end-to-end service where it would be hosting, yep. designing the meal and, you know, delivering the boxes to mm-hmm. you know, each door-to-door. Yep. Um, we tried a few partners. Some could do some, some could do others. And, you know, <laughs> we just... So we had a client that came up and they wanted a cooking class for 120 people, right? So wow. the deal was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just we had to fulfill it somehow. So we sort of said, yes, let's work it out. Yep. We're going to label it under Stacey Corporate. Went really well. And Shari and I, my business partner, um, thought, hey, you know, why don't we just what, why don't we just create a, a business around this since we've built the whole thing anyway for this client yep. client? And for yep. some weird reason, the domain onlinecookingclasses.com.au is available. <laughs> that popped straight up. And I figured, hey, look, I do have a bit of an SEO and digital marketing background, so this could work. <laughs> this could definitely work. Um, so I called her up straight away and I said, you're not going to have to believe this. XYZ. Yeah. So I got that up. Um, you know, I've got a few friends in the hospitality industry and you know, I want to put my hand up and thank, you know, Just Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got six, I think it's six going into seven with their new shop in Turak. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they're all shut down, you know, mm. launching, going really well. And all of a sudden you've got this big commercial kitchen in Oakley that's not being used. Yes. So, you know, I called the guys up and I said, do you want to be part of this journey? You know, straight away just jumped on board and did everything they could to, you know, help us develop the product that we've got today. Yes. Um, and, and from there, I got Lee Chan on board, which is an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. You know, we run the Lee Chan Mystery Box Challenge where people mm-hmm. get mystery ingredients sent to their home. That's cool. He jumps on the screen. It's sort of like a, you know, My Kitchen Real Estate MasterChef style mm-hmm. um, challenge where people in their own homes just get to compete with each other. Um, yeah. You know, it's good. It's fun and games. People are actually enjoying it. And the computer is then, it's not necessarily you're tapped into it the whole time. You've got it on your side. But it starts reminding you know your staff groups about the fun and the positive environments they normally have in the office. Yes, and the feedback's been amazing. Um, you know, not many slip up at all, but they always happen. Obviously, within a startup, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's been brilliant. You know, the whole aim for us was always just to make people smile and look at the dollars next, and just to see yeah. people engaging. Kids are jumping on board and cooking. Yes. Um, so we thought to ourselves, you know, what what more? How can we use this as a vehicle? You know, to spread more of a message and. We've developed a new product, which is Meet the Makers, um, where we want to actually, you know, create this new plate concept where mm-hmm. people get to meet the producers of the ingredients in their box. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it's super exciting. So yep. we've got Darren Thompson as a chef who's down in Inverloch, ex-hatted chef, worked in many cool restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've designed a menu for the McCain Christmas party, which are running for 70 of their staff in a couple of weeks. For how many? Uh, 70. Wow. Nice. So it could be super, super fun, mm-hmm. but it's all about, you know, just meeting people behind the food in your box, learning about nutrient density, you know, mm. what, what is, what does a farmer do to get the food onto your plate? Yes. You know, what was the difference between the massive commercial operations versus the smaller ones and you know, how do they fit into the world that we live in mm-hmm. um, and where they can get the ingredients. So it's a really fascinating concept. And at the end of the day, um, we just want to teach people about eating better, eating healthier, support mm-hmm. local, 
you know, what our food miles, you know, all of that stuff. That yeah, we, for we sure. Utilize this, this business as a vehicle for, for good. Mm. Are there any kind of epiphanies that you guys have come up, you know, that have come up, you know, during this time of the last couple of months of launching, you know, uh, a business like like that, Chris? I mean, you know, it's it's you talked about there about a lot of you know challenges at the start with like the rollout of it and making sure you had the right partners and all that kind of stuff. But you know, when I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, like you were you were you were up and running, like you you knew what you you know was a challenge and you knew how to push it forward. Like, was there any sort of epiphanies that you guys have learnt sort of during this time? Um, yeah, I think sort of more reinforcement of certain core theories of, mm-hmm. you know, always ask for help. Don't yeah. try to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's always um, a challenge, isn't it? Oh, totally. Um, you know, yeah. you don't always need to save a buck sometimes. And, yeah. you know, the other day we decided, look, you know, we can also deliver the boxes, drive the van, rent it. And mm. next minute, you know, we're racing around Melbourne to get that there's traffic schools back, <laughs> you know, that we, we looked at the maps last night, today it's different. So yeah. I literally raced in at, you know, five to six, you know, with a, with a, um, with a class starting at six. So oh, wow. Okay. That reinforced to me about, you know, one, don't chase your tail. Yes. You know, proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. It's sort yeah. of theory and running mm-hmm. last minute. It's not fun. We used to mm-hmm. do that back in the day, but yeah, ask for help. Yeah. Choose the good partners and whatnot. So not really epiphanies, but more of a more of a reinforcement of yeah, don't try to do too much. And yeah, <laughs> that's really much it. What I still have nightmares about that event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the amount of nightmares I've had in hospitality. Um, um, sorry, I'm just thinking of one in my head right now. Um, yeah, what? What? Um, oh, I forgot what, what my question was. Um, what? What feedback are you getting from the corporates about you know about the rollout of this and the benefit that it's actually playing with with their staff? I mean you know, around the country at the moment is sort of the same issue is that the CBDs are sort of um, ghost towns to some degree, you know, um, different levels from different cities around Australia. But, you know, Melbourne's obviously told, you know, if you can stay home, then you you must stay home in regards with work um, and the office. Like what what's some of the feedback that you're getting from the corporates after you do these cooking classes? It's been really good um people have been lacking connection big time yeah right and you know to to have a workplace function properly people generally want to go the extra mile for each other if there is a connection and a bond there if that's sure. lacking mm-hmm. um you know it's very easy to slip into that mindset that oh shit it's work it's work, mm. it's work. and we do less and less and less because that workplace is just feeding us work right so yep. we can harbor or foster that connection digitally mm. um, that was the goal and what we managed to do is one of our pasta making classes it's followed by workplace trivia mm-hmm. so we spend the day beforehand and we call each person on the call and we ask them a question like you know who was your high school celebrity crush or there's one thing about <laughs> the world you could change what would it be yeah and then at the end of the class when they're eating you know they go through this workplace trivia and it fosters that connection people get to know a few little you know dirty secrets about each other or pet peeves that they've got and from that afterwards, um, you know, people are buzzing on the phone calls. You know, there's another board meeting. People are jumping in the call and they're talking about the class or, hey, I didn't know you couldn't walk over potholes. You know, these, yes. these little comments that sort of generally foster in the normal office environment that don't anymore because you just jump on a call, quite clinical, and then you jump off. So we've been able to create that third space, you know, with those colleagues and it's been beautiful to watch and the feedback has been brilliant. 
Yeah. What What's your guys' theory is like officers do come back and, and you know, and that kind of stuff. Are you thinking about doing cooking classes in offices in person or do you think, you know, the, the online cooking class will just sort of evolve in shape to be, you know, maybe about birthdays or maybe about different events that, you know, people maybe if you can't come to a celebration around someone's birthday or something around the country, then you can at least log on and feel connected to that person. Like what are you guys sort of thinking at the moment? Yeah, so we've, we've had quite a few thoughts of, you know, where is this all going to go, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely, uh, we're talking to some major partners at the moment yep. where we can we can foster, you know, getting, you know, some brand ambassadors into different offices and creating a fun cooking environment. Partners, yeah. You know, because we do still have the, the corporate business mm-hmm. and within that corporate business, you know, is, you know, staff, virtual team building events or even physical team building events. Sure. Uh, we're talking with Caroline Mooney now from Bird on the Wire, mm-hmm. the wine maker from Gonzo. She's jumped on board. You know, we were going to create some fun wine tours with her. So the Money Can't Buy Experiences. Mm-hmm. We partnered with the Conservation Ecology Centre with Lizzie Cork um, mm-hmm. down in the Otways. So mm-hmm. we, at the moment, we're currently giving them a dollar per box to offset our food miles to go into research, ecology and sustainability. Amazing. So they've actually just developed an amazing new wildlife park called Wildlife Wonders right on the Great Ocean Road. Yep. And within that space, there is a, um, a shed where down the bottom, it's a bit of a makeshift research lab mm-hmm. and up the top is a beautiful panoramic um, viewing platform across the whole Great Ocean Road and, and the wildlife park wow. and what we're planning on doing is creating some wine and cheese tasting nights at sustainable farming um, you know, bring corporate groups down there so they can go down the Great Ocean Road yep get an ecology tour around wildlife wonders understand what it is to you know be a parasite or symbiotic relationship with a parasitic or symbiotic relationship with you know this planet we're on and yeah. what can you do as a business um to evaluate where you're at and where you're taking more than you're giving and how you can offset that. Yeah. So that's really where we're looking to take the vehicle um, down the track. But yeah, totally, man. And Tour 3000 is a, is a wine tour business that we're planning on just, you know, utilising their transport modes and their... Yeah, cool. Well, so there's a bit going on. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> but, but definitely really enjoying the space, you know. It's just so much fun to, to just be a bit more casual with people on the phone and just say, hey, what do you want? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, as I probably explained to you when we talked the other week, like corp- this is a no-brainer for corporates, right? Because because the well-being line now of their P&Ls is now like fully inked. Like it was, you know, it used to be about environment was the trend and, and making sure that corporates were really focusing on environment and talking about that, which is obviously critically important. But well-being of staff, whether that be mental health, whether that be physical health, um, um, you know, connection, collaboration, and, and as employees probably don't go back to work to offices five days a week, but they may go back two days a week or three days a week in 2021, like these kind of events where they be, you know, online through a computer screen or where they be out in person, you know, one day a month or one day a quarter or something like are going to be just critical to keep connection with teams, right? And just making sure that corporates can continue to deliver on high quality outputs for their for their customers. Oh, I totally agree, man. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we did kids. Yes. And, yep. you know, we need to get out of cortisol state that reduces our ability to function by over 60%, right? So if we stay mm. in stress mode mm-hmm. and we don't get a chance to play, you know, get some dopamine hits, serotonin, feel love, feel appreciated and, and play around a bit, yeah. then we're going to just breed robots. 
You need people comfortable to, to pull each other up on things. And if you're not creating a playful environment, mm. you know, eventually people are going to be tired of you know, giving each other feedback and advice because it's going to sound negative. So you definitely need to, to be considering, you know, what are we doing for our staff to foster that connection? Yes. And, and how can you just hit a few birds with one stone you know, yeah. to create happiness? And one thing that we're exploring as well at the moment, which we're looking for partners, is corporate volunteering. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's not just about going and boozing alcohol every weekend with your mm. staff groups. It's about allowing them to explore who they are and, and where they fit in the society. And volunteering is something you, as a as a corporate group, it's something you can have a huge impact. You know, yeah. whether it's planting some trees on the Great Ocean Road or mm. going and filling in for a soup kitchen on a Wednesday night or yep. a Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Doing that as a team, you know, share shared values, shared connection, and you can definitely feel proud of yourself when you do things like that. And just allowing people to explore what it is that really sets them off and gets them ticking. Yes. Um, and all that, just and providing that option for businesses to do that simply. Hey, call safety corporate. We'll do that. We'll mm-hmm. look after it all. We'll have a bus. We'll pick them up. We'll drop them off and just just make sure that you know the guys lock up and have a good time. Yeah. Just yeah. Just say yes to it because you'll handle everything else. Yeah, um, exactly. We've got it. <laughs> Find the dotted line. <laughs> Do you uh, a couple of questions before I let you go, Chris? Do you, yeah. do you think hospitality venues are really thinking about these kind of channels that you've created? You know, you stood up this business in the last couple of months with your partners, like as another revenue generation, because there could be, you know, there could. I know there have been online cooking classes with other with other restaurateurs and and mm. and other groups and stuff like that. But this is really really targeted what you're doing in relation to corporate. Like you're not you're not using a splatter gun approach to just you know, have fans of restaurants and stuff. Like yeah. I'd imagine the next level of this um, as well as obviously the great work you do with Lee Chan is is obviously having other, you know, other restaurateurs um, and other chefs join you on this journey. Like do you, in your discussions with them, like do you think they're thinking about this as another revenue generator for them, another channel of business? Yeah. So the, the people we've spoken to so far who, you know, sort of like your pubs, Cornerstone Hotel, yeah. uh, Irish Time, they're normally booked out from now until Christmas with two or yeah. three other people in a staff group. And Great point. You know, that, that becomes a trusted database. They come back in year on year. So mm. you don't just want to see, you know, how can we squeeze the most out of our database because you just don't want to sell them yep. there, right? So yep. if you can still serve them within the sphere of what they know you for, so food, online cooking, Irish Times Christmas party, you know, whatever it is they're going to do. Yep. Um, we, yeah, there's more than... Basically, yeah, it's just about facilitating that client. But yeah, it's a bit hard to answer because I haven't really spoken to too many more. But mm. so far, that yeah, businesses really are looking at you know, how how can we still serve that customer base? Because calling me, asking me if I can host their Christmas party, yes, so it's really good for them to you know generate an alternative revenue stream. Just say, hey, online cooking classes, can we partner with you for mm. X, Y, Z? Yeah, and it's a pretty simple concept. We can pack up to a thousand boxes. Distribute them within 24 hours anywhere across Australia, four major cities, within limits. Um, yes. <laughs> um, you know, we've had some unusual requests so far, but okay. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's something that we we've got the scope, capacity, and we'd love to do. We'd love to help any hospitality venue that's you know, looking to at least stay afloat over the Christmas season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, because it just makes like when again when we were talking about the other week, like it just makes sense that like restaurants would use this if they've got the staff to do it and, and they've got the talent to do it within their realms that it's just another way um it's just another way to really focus on 
the customer and make sure they can go into maybe other regions that they weren't going into before, you know. So um, I think it just makes a lot of sense. That's why I really respect, you know, what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's so right. They're tapping into a new audience, right? So it's not just – it's basically marketing at the same time as being paid per box for it. Yeah, so yeah. You, can, you can't fit something. If it is a restaurant like Justin Lee, you know, if we run a, a class of 120 people, you know, mm. we're going to make pasta. Yes. It's connecting with the brand. They're, they're, they fall in love with the Italian chefs that they've got or Sam or Tamina, the owners there. Mm. And they're going to come and see those restaurants, go straight to those restaurants when, when it opens again. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You're connecting them with it, yeah. And you, yeah, people fall in love with, with the brand, right? And it's just a way to connect. Just the way it goes. Yeah. My um my last question before I let you go, as I've been asking um all of my guests the last uh, last couple of months, um, what are you looking forward to most in 2021 at the moment, Chris? Oh, there's a lot. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I've really fallen back in love with nature, and you know one of my theories is if you can find a spot in nature. Um, you can call home, you'll never feel lost again. And I've really mm. found that over this time is, you know, with everything sort of up in the air, just being able to go for a walk and peace out. So yep. for me, it's exploring more, um, going to more wineries, signing up more partners, that should be fun. Yep. I've got a big list of that to do in January, <laughs> so I can't wait. Um, and then just seeing family. Yeah, yeah, so, I totally agree. It would be good to get back to some normality, we hope, uh, very soon. Um, Chris, what's the best way that people can connect with you and find out about everything that you're doing right now? Cool. So online is pretty simple mm-hmm. to find. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to Google online cooking classes, virtual cooking events, um, or hit up Instagram online cooking classes.com.au. Yep. Um, people sort of are looking for a bit of meat on the bone in terms of wellbeing and corporate health. Stay fit global is our new website.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you're looking for more of a digital strategy and support, um, I'd say ethicalcollective.com is where they can find us. Beautiful. As always, linked up in the show notes, as always. Chris, thanks so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on. Right, guys i hope you really enjoyed that episode of the open pantry podcast as always thank you so much for tuning in now as i was hinting at the start of the podcast we were talking about restoke which is a fantastic back of house automation platform based here in melbourne uh just fantastic piece of tech that's been developed uh last year it's all about automating and delegating procedures and compliance Ordering, uh, ordering and inventory management, prep runs, all those things at the back of the house, which we don't love to talk about, but we know as hospitality owners that are so, so critical to make sure that our venues run successfully. And on top of that, it has a live food costing system, which is just fantastic. I've seen it in person. Now, it's all about giving you the time to actually run your business much more effectively and see all these things live in your business when you're not there. So I know that's going to be really critically important as we rebuild this industry. Now, for the Open Pantry listeners, you're actually able to get one month free subscription on top of a normal 14 days trial. So that's about six weeks to use this platform and figure out if you actually like it. I know you actually will. So all you have to do is go to restoke.ai slash the open pantry. So that's 
R-E-S-T-O-K-E dot A-I slash The Open Pantry. Super easy. Check it out. Uh, you'll see everything you need to know about the platform itself. Uh, I know you're going to love it. Uh, and let me know what you think as well. Like, uh, uh, this is a fantastic product. I don't talk about products very much on the show. And uh, and these guys are just uh, amazing what they're doing right now. So that's why I want to support them. So check it out and see what you think. And uh, I'll talk to you on the next podcast. <laughs>